Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today. Welcome to filmandtvreview.com. Catch the latest film, TV and streamed show reviews every week. The views and opinions expressed by the authors and those providing comments are theirs alone. They do not reflect the views, opinions or position of film and tvreview.com or their respective parent companies or affiliates. Film and tvreview.com makes no representations as to accuracy, completeness, correctness, suitability, or validity of any information in this program and is for entertainment purposes only. Episodes may contain adult humor and language. For full terms and conditions see film and tvreview.com. Hello there. Welcome to our guest. It's another film and TV review. It's a film. Well, it's a sports special today, actually. It's yeah. a post- so uh, this year, there's a lot of going on around the world. And it's hosted by Richard Fontana and Mark Tatak, who will be uh, talking about the films that they saw this week and maybe some like some classics. Um, so, um, mm-hmm. Richard, take it away. Yeah. For uh, classics, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of strange for me about sports actually, but actually, but uh, back in the day when I was growing up, actually, I hated actually this genre for some reason. I only watched like when I was growing up the Rocky Saga, which is obviously like a movie that everyone has I've watched obviously once in their life, I guess. Um, all the Rocky movies, not all of them are great, by the way, but we can discuss that later. I think the Rocky Five might be one of the worst things ever ever made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, in recent years, I kind of rediscovered this genre. I don't know why, actually, I changed my mind. Uh, well, in French, it says, actually, that only morons do not change their minds. So maybe I'm not a moron. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I mentioned in the comments, actually, yeah, uh, talking about Kuroki, another movie about boxing that I like a lot is Sarko, yeah, that I mentioned. Amazing movie uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal and um, Roger McAdams. Um, very emotional movie actually, which is more about um, parenting than boxing, I would say. Uh, also very inspiring. Actually, there is kind of, I, I believe actually that it's kind of a trend in the sports movies, but if it works well, it has to be inspiring in a way, because it's always about achieving something almost impossible. In my opinion, that's how actually I see sports movies. Um, and in South Korea, that's true. Is someone actually who is at the top of his career, and everything 
goes wrong. I will not go into spoilers. And he he has to yeah he has to stand up again and to uh, to rise to, to the occasion and uh, to fix everything in his life from family issues to his obviously professional career. And uh, yeah, and Jackie Noll is giving another great performance um, as usual. I want to say. Um, and you have also Ferris Whitaker, who plays the great coach in that movie, basically. Um, so yeah, good movie. And uh, the two documentaries that I always talk about, I'm sorry if I'm an old guy, we always talk about the same things every time. Uh, so uh, that, that documentary, Senna, that is a masterpiece, in my opinion. Um, only the music actually will make you cry. Um, not because obviously it's a terrible aspect this guy had, but it's also actually how, again, inspire, he inspired not only people who actually like uh, Formula One, but I think just people in, uh, in Brazil, I inspire them because obviously in Brazil, there is actually a quote from uh, someone who was interviewed when he died, uh, Senna, and she said actually that Brazil doesn't have much, but they had they had on Senna and I, it, was taken, it was taken from them. It was a very, very sad moment actually, but it, it's all about this actually, how actually this guy actually was kind of a, a model figure for, uh, in my opinion, he still is, for uh, any athletes in any sports. And we, when you see interviews online of Formula One drivers nowadays, from Lewis Hamilton to, I don't know, uh, Sebastian Vettel, etc., they always see actually Senna as actually the model figure, even if they actually maybe won more Grand Prix or they have more championship in their belts. But yeah, he, he is truly amazing guy. He, he did amazing things outside of Formula One. He went over his limits as a Formula One driver. And yeah, he's an example. And um, and the other documentary, I mean, I will pass the bike maybe to, to Mike, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, to Mark, I don't know what you call your bike, uh, Mark, um, is, uh, is Free Solo. So um, so Free Solo is very strange uh, movie, um, documentary, sorry. Um, so, so, so this guy, uh, now I missed his name, sorry, I'm tired. Um, this crazy climber, uh, Alex Arnold. Now I think about it, I think it's Alex Arnold or something like that. It's Arnold, but I think his first name is Alex. Uh, so free soloing is a crazy way of climbing mountains because you climb without gear, literally. So it's kind of, you have a death wish, literally. And uh, some people die actually. They, they, they actually, if you look online, actually, there are some people who wrote actually. You see, people do die. And in that case, so this guy is maybe the craziest or best, depends on how you see it. Uh, let's say craziest uh, mountain climber of all time. And he decided, he had that goal to actually to climb a mountain or a hill. I don't know how to call it. Uh, called El Capitan. In um, I think it's in. Uh, Yosemite Park, Yosemite, uh, I believe so, um, which is supposed to be an impossible climb, even with gear, to be honest, almost impossible, um, because of how it's, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but apparently it's impossible. Um, and it, the documentary is, so it's a team of reporters actually following him during his preparation, but they have no idea, obviously, at that point, if he's going to do it or if he's going <laughs> to die doing it or if he's going to achieve his dream, whatever. And there is this debate of should they actually even film this guy doing it? Because they're going to maybe actually 
on live stream, they actually maybe actually going to actually have someone killing himself. And it's it, based this debate between the group of, uh, I don't know, entrepreneurs, but documentar documentarians, let's call them. Um, and there's even one of them doesn't want, like, when they actually, when the climb starts, one of the cameramen doesn't want even to, to watch. <laughs> he is actually feeling very comfortable. And I understand why, to be honest, because there are some shots. If you just Google the, the movie and you put uh, Google images, you will see what I mean, because there are some shots that are fucking crazy. I mean, we're talking about, I think, is going up. The, the, the attitude is uh, something like uh, three times uh, the size of the Eiffel Tower without, without any gear. It's yeah. Anyway, and and then yeah. Well, obviously he survived. Huh, by the way, yeah. That's no spoiler. Spoiler alert. Uh, but you can check online and see his interview, etc. And he explained that he's kind of. It's almost actually like uh, I don't know, like uh, something is in his genes or whatever. But he doesn't feel uh, the the risk of dying like everyone else, and that's why he can do it. And actually, I think there is a name of it. It's not a, mal a, a disease, but it's uh, it is true actually that some people actually they don't. I, I don't know the name of. Uh, I mean, there is a name of the it's actually a kind of anomaly in your genes where actually you are able to do things like completely crazy because well, in a way you don't see danger, and uh, that's the only way someone could have done that. And this achievement, but this uh, climb that he did. His name actually is the greatest achievement in sports history by specialists, experts, etc. And I understand why, because it's impossible to do something crazier or better than that. Because yeah, I think you should watch the documentary and you will you will see what I mean by that. Um, yeah, definitely the craziest thing I've seen on on TV in my life, Thomas. Anyway, so yeah, so that's me. That's uh, that was conditions. Uh, you mentioned keep mentioning Senna, but uh, did you learn about Senna yes. himself in the documentary? Because um, is, yeah. is it a lot of interview with him himself, or is it the people? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The thing about this is that if, if that even if you don't care about Formula One, it's not focused on Formula One. To be honest, ninety percent of it it's focused on himself, on, on him, on who he is as a human being, and it, it goes through interviews about Elton Senna, uh, about how he sees life. Uh, you know the old Carpedian stuff. Actually, that's his how he sees it. Um, that he's a real into religion. He believes in God, etc. And he thinks that God gives him a gift, uh, being great Formula One driver. And uh, he has actually to do his best, actually, to use that gift at best, and to actually to use that gift to make other people happy with the money that he got, obviously, from uh, from from the Formula One uh, career. And, uh, and it is a bit of a sad thing that I always remember is there's a quote uh, from one of his interviews that he says something, <laughs> it's so, so sad when you know his fate, when you know his fate, uh, six months before he died uh, in Imola, he, in the interview he said actually that he's only at half of his life because like an athlete usually ends his career in his thirties. And he, he, and he doesn't think actually that Formula One is a big deal. He thinks it's just a, for him, it's a, just a hobby. And he says, uh, I'm just a Formula One driver. And, it's, uh, and something like, uh, there is so much things to see, to do, and to learn in our life. But for me, I still have 40 years ahead of me to actually to enjoy life. It's so sad to know actually that this moment <laughs> was that. Uh, 
Yeah, and the last part is the, the last part of the movie is all the funeral and all the rivals that he had, including the French guy Alain Prost, who anyone who knows a bit of Formula One, it was there was a big rivalry in the 90s between him and Alain Prost. And actually, Alain Prost was there at his funeral, and he was you can see actually that the rivalry actually it was friendship, not rivalry, and uh, he was even more maybe more sad than anyone else uh, to see uh, Senna died. And uh, yeah, it's a it's an amazing thing to see, to be honest. And the music, I don't know who did the the soundtrack of his documentary, but uh, he deserved an Oscar to Anyway, thank yeah. you, uh, Richard. Um, yeah. See now, Mark, you've seen quite a few of these. I have, but I have my hand up actually because I wanted to just make a point on what Richard was saying about Senna. Richard, did you know um, that in the film Senna, you know the the segment where Senna's on the boat on that speed yeah. on the sort of speedboat, and he's talking. His nephew, that little boy next to him, his nephew is on the boat, yeah. and that he grows up to be as Formula One driver in real life. Ah, yeah, 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 true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So not not obviously as good as uh, Senna, but um, yeah, he grows he grows up and he became a commentator in Formula One and also okay. in Formula E as well. So yeah, just a little tidbit about um about Senna. But yeah, I've watched a few um films, Jason, everyone. Um, two films that I watched <clears throat> that were particularly good standout films. Um, I found there was a lot of, lot of documentaries, things like that. But one film that I watched that I really really enjoyed is called Blood and Glory on Amazon Prime. So this film is basically, it's set during the Anglo-Boer War, which occurs sort of beginning of the century, 1901, that kind of time. So it's a war between the British and the Boers, who are kind of, you know, based in the region of South Africa, that kind of area. And these are prisoners of war. Uh, they're farmers, that kind of thing, um, taken to camps. And they, they basically learn... They see rugby, uh, the, the British officers playing rugby or the British soldiers playing rugby, and they decide to challenge the British soldiers to rugby. They learn rugby. Um, and it's basically the story, I'm presume, presuming it's based on a true story, it's the story of the formation of the Springboks. Um, and it was a very good film, yeah, very, very enjoyable. So that's my my first recommendation on Amazon Prime. Who's in that? Just... It's, it's got... Yeah, it, I, to be there. honest, yeah, I couldn't see anyone uh, memorable, Jason, anyone sort of famous or well-known, Jason. So I don't know, you know, it could have been Africa's, sorry, actors from maybe South Africa, that kind of region. Um, but I couldn't see anyone I actually recognised. But yeah, it was a very, very good film. Um, I'm sure the, the main character, who's a farmer, who, who sort of leads all the, the prisoners uh, in the rugby team, he looked like he must have been in a couple of few other films. There's an Irish chap who's a prisoner as well who teaches them about rugby. Um, but yeah, it seems to be all, you know, unknown actors, say for us in terms of Hollywood, things like that. And to be honest, it kind of probably made the film a bit better to watch yeah. for it, you know, in that there wasn't any well-known faces. So it made it more of a sort of believable experience. Um, the second film I watched on Netflix, I really enjoyed I'm, I'm going to try and watch it again, in fact. It's called First Match. Uh, which is, uh, again, is a wrestling film. Um, so it's about a young girl uh, who's in the photo behind me here, a troubled young girl. Um, she sort of moves through different foster homes. Um, she can't really, yeah, she can't really sort of, um, you know, settle down into a happy life. She's kind of picking fights in school, this kind of thing. And then um, by chance, she kind of, <clears throat> her friend, one of her male friends who's on the wrestling team, um, he, she goes to sort of see him one day to 
to speak to him and sees wrestling and gets sort of drawn into the world of, you know, sort of amateur wrestling. Um, and yeah, and she kind of is quite good at it. Um, her father uh, has, was, a, was a sort of former, you know, wrestler. Um, not WWE, that kind of thing, but more sort of, you know, um, high school type wrestling. And, and he, um, he sort of teaches her as well. But then at the same time, he's got other kind of plans for her. Uh, he's been out of her life and things. He's been in prison. He's got other plans to kind of motivate her in a different direction and probably hasn't got her best interests at heart. Um, and then it's kind of the story is her journey and whether she decides to continue with wrestling, you know, with her friend and the school coach as a form of keeping out of trouble or go with her father's plans. And yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I'd recommend that. Um, I thought it was a very good watch. Something I'd probably watch again. So those are my two picks. I watched a few others like Creed, which I've seen before, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, and a few others. But um, I shall now pass on to um, Vance. I think, Vance, if you want to mention any of your sort of film recommendations, any films you enjoyed. And sure. then, Vance, if you want to nominate someone after that, and if anyone wants to talk, obviously, please do raise your hand. So, Vance, yeah, let us know what you think about sports films, any enjoyment, anyone you enjoyed. Yeah, so uh, recently I saw uh, Ben Affleck's film, uh, what was it, The Way Back. Uh, if you guys have heard of it, it came out last year. Um, it was, I think, quite typical. It was... Uh, of a sports film, you know, this coach takes, who is Ben Affleck, he takes on a, a team of like good for nothing students and kind of reforms them. Um, but uh, in through the process, he also struggles with his own problems um, with alcoholism. And uh, I mean, it's paralleled, this whole story is paralleled by the basketball games that they're playing. Um, and uh, yeah, it was nothing special. Uh, I just saw it recently, but uh, it was a nice, uh, it was a nice film overall. I don't regret it. Okay. Yeah, he's a big um, sports fan himself, Ben Affleck, so yeah, see yeah. why he did it. Is, uh, is, he, is he in it or is he directing it? So I, I never heard of this movie. He's in it. Is he directing? Ah, no, he, he doesn't direct it. I thought, okay, okay. I, yeah, I thought he did. It's directed by Gavin O'Connor, but he, okay. he's uh, the ah. star. Uh, yeah. uh, Gavin O'Connor, uh, yeah, okay. He, 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 I think he's the guy who did uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Wow. Oh, right. Leave off the name at the back. That is a sick but, bird. That was a sick bird. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but it, it doesn't mean actually that the movie is bad. I'm just saying that. Really? Really, no, uh, <laughs> what we'll see when you make up your mind. TV is not great, but uh, one I saw in the past, which uh, left quite an impact, was um, a documentary called uh, um, Minding the Gap. Um, it was, it's about skateboarding. Um, so the director is uh, basically making this documentary about his personal life um, as a child growing up um, in small town US uh, where him and his friends would skateboard to escape the realities of his life, like family problems, financial problems. Um, and 
because it's like a personal work, it's quite emotional and quite moving. So um, I think it's it's a recommendation for you. What, what, yeah. Where did you call it again? Where did you Sorry. Um, Minding the gap. I put it in the chat. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Oh, on which platform? Where did you see it, Vince? Uh, it's a Hulu original, but I think now it's on a lot of platforms. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so next person, I guess. Um, Andrew. Hey, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, this little ambient noise around. Uh, anyway, I was hoping to catch more films, but uh, what films I did watch, uh, there was a documentary called uh, Murder Ball, and it's from 2005. And it focuses on uh, wheelchair rugby. And it particularly focuses on the US and the Canadian teams. And there's a lot of uh, particular intense rivalry because the coach of the Canadian team used to play for the, uh, or the US team as a player, now he's coaching Canada. And so there's a lot of intense, more than usual rivalry because of that. And so mm -hmm. it goes from the uh, 2003, I believe, world championships in wheelchair rugby to uh, I guess the 2004 Paralympics in Athens, Greece. Uh, the Paralympics take place just after the Summer Olympics and that year it was yeah. Athens, Greece, 2004. So, uh, and wheelchair uh, rugby is also called Murder Ball, hence the name of the movie, but I guess someone jokes that wheelchair uh, rugby just sounds more marketable to uh, sponsors. I mean, I don't know. And, uh, anyway, uh, so the movie focuses on the sport and the, you know, the competitions, but also goes into the backgrounds of the players, uh, in particular, someone named Mark Zupan. And it also uh, goes into some of the backgrounds of people like the coach, uh, because you think the coach is like a really bad guy because he, you know, he played for the U.S. and I was coaching their rival. But, you know, he's just a family guy trying to be a good dad and good husband and all this other stuff. So and it goes into also the background of another person, a few different people, but uh, one in particular who isn't a player, at least he wasn't at that time. Mm -hmm. After the movie was done, he became a rugby player. Uh, and I guess this guy's name was Keith. Uh, and I guess what they wanted to show was the, the difference in experiences for people who are quadriplegic that you know some people who've been quadriplegic for a while they got used to it and kind of got a little rhythm uh, things don't phase them as much and then you have this guy keith who had uh, just become quadriplegic and you know he's getting used to doing things and all the things he can no longer do and he's a little down about that but then you know things you know i, I don't necessarily want to spoil it even though it's a documentary but uh you know it just wants to show the different experiences and way beyond the competitiveness beyond the sports and this is a really intense sport it, it, you think of you know wheelchair rugby you know all these major sports around the world it, it doesn't enter your mind but these people take it really really uh, super seriously i mean just as like any major sport like the world cup Absolutely. or super bowl or anything else uh, the only uh, thing for me and yeah, anytime you watch a documentary from, I guess in this case, it's 15 years ago, there's certain things that may be dated. 
the thing that made it a little bit dated wasn't so much the subject matter, at least not directly, but the uh, that guy, Mark Zupan, who was a rugby player, uh, they talk about him going to his high school reunion and stuff that he had done in high school. This is 2005. And since then, his high school has uh, unfortunately become very infamous uh, in the US and possibly around the world because of you know tragedy there. Uh, I won't say too much more about that. Um, but overall, uh, Murder Ball is sort of just a good look at, at these players, at their lives involving the sport, at their lives outside the sport, at just what the experience is like being a quadriplegic and the different types of quadriplegic. It's not just sort of like a blanket thing. Like some people actually can do certain things with their hands and others can't do. So it's not just a blanket uh, term. So, so overall, it was a good film. Uh, one of the film I did also want to mention briefly, it's been a while since I've seen it. It's an uh, Iranian film called Offside. And uh, I think I believe 2006 is when it came out. And it's about these uh, women who are trying to watch a uh, football match between the Iranian national team and Bahrain. It was a World Cup qualifier. And the thing with that is that women, I don't know if this has changed, but women uh, aren't allowed to go see football matches yeah. in person. Yeah. And so they have to kind of disguise themselves as men, more or less, to sneak into the game. And, you know, something that could be just a straight comedy in some places, this is, yeah, there's some humorous moments, but it's more serious, the idea that these women are just, they just want to root for their home country's team and they're not able to do that in person. Yeah, they, uh, use, they use the sports as a, they, they use this to express an idea. The, the sports here, the, the match, I guess, is expressing an idea that actually women are not allowed to do anything, literally, I guess. Yeah, and some of the guards at the stadium, uh, they're kind of like, well, we don't care one way or the other about you know whether women are allowed to watch football in person or not. But they're just, you know, just doing their what they do and just surviving. And uh, one of them actually is a little bit more sympathetic to them and what they're trying to do. You know, he helps them out. Uh, but I just thought it was um, kind of an interesting look at a situation and using sports as a way to look at a larger issue in a particular country. Um, and one other film I did want to mention, uh, which I had seen recently, I had seen it a couple of times. It's not about sports per se, but about a former athlete and going into a different kind of competition is uh, Molly's Game. It's about a uh, skier named Molly Bloom or former skier. She uh, was an Olympic hopeful, but due to a series of injuries, she wasn't able to compete in the Olympics. And so through a series of circumstances, she uh, ran this uh, poker game, sort of like this underground yeah, actually, poker yeah. game. And I believe in real life, uh, Toby Maguire was one of the people who participated yeah. in yeah, those yeah, games. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they had real life people, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So uh, in the movie, uh, which is a drama, Molly Bloom, a uh, real person, uh, movies based on her book, uh, Molly Bloom is played by Jessica Chastain. Uh, Idris Elba plays her lawyer because she gets yeah. into it. And Michael Cera plays Toby Maguire unofficially. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. you know, no celebrities were harmed kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I thought it was a fairly decent film. Uh, one noteworthy thing about the film is that it's the directorial debut 
of uh, Aaron Sorkin, you know, known as a writer, but this was mm -hmm. his uh, directorial debut. So mm -hmm. it was kind of a big deal because of that. Uh, overall, I, I like the film. I know some people take issue because they may feel it makes her uh, Molly Bloom look more sympathetic. I don't know about that. I mean, can argue one way or the other, but uh, you know, she's just trying to, you know, it goes into her backstory of why she's doing and why she's trying yeah. to be. I understand, the, I understand the arguments to be honest. I understand the argument why it looks like she's more sympathetic after watching the movie because this these scenes that she, if I remember the scenes that she has with Kevin Costner, her father, kind of are trying to be a bit emotional and actually that oh, yeah. she knows that she's doing something stupid. It feels like she's doing that because her career was fucked, literally. So maybe I understand the argument anyway. Yeah, I mean, I... I thought it was an all right film. I mean, there are certain things and I felt it could have been shorter. The movie's about yeah. maybe close to two and a half hours long, maybe a little bit less than that. Uh, okay. And there's like a certain point where you think, okay, this is it. And then it'll go on for like a bit. Uh, but, uh, I, and I think the whole thing with her seeming more sympathetic is because it's based on her book. So it's mm -hmm. not oh, yeah. like it's gonna really put her- Anybody else's uh, book. Yeah. So it's from a book by Molly Bloom herself. Yes. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was an all right film, and I guess the mm -hmm. whole thing with Aaron Sorkin being his directorial debut, I thought that made it, you know, worth a look. So, yeah. uh, as a little side note, and you mentioned Kevin Costner, I think there's probably uh, a whole subcategory of sports movies with Kevin Costner, because <laughs> they did a whole bunch of, bunch of baseball movie. movies, yes. they did a movie where he's a track coach, McFarland, USA, he did a movie about golf, uh, Tin Cup. He did a movie about gridiron football, about the NFL draft called Draft Day. Mm -hmm. uh, and, he's, and there's probably others I'm missing. I don't know. But I, oh, he played a cyclist, a bicyclist in the movie American Flyers. So I think that's like a whole subcategory is this sports movies with Kevin Costner. So <laughs> I guess Molly's game could maybe fit in that category as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think definitely a Murder Ball is worth a look, even though it is from 2005 documentary. I, I, I really liked it. Um, and where outside, is, where is what? this documentary on the, which platform is this documentary about uh, uh, Murder Ball? Murder Ball. Yeah. Uh, you know that's um, see. There's an app called Just Watch. Yeah, special Netflix, right? Uh, thank you, Cody. Uh, but all that aside, there's an app called Just Watch, and you uh, get that, and it can tell you. You can pick any number of countries, whether the UK, US, France, uh, Canada, any number of countries, and it can tell you which platforms to uh, to view uh, films or even television programs. So, so I just go there and uh, figure it out. Um, I mean, I hope it's worth. Uh, you know, I hope you're able to watch it. Uh, uh, I will say this: that the uh, coach in the movie for Canada, a little bit of a real life spoiler, he goes on to uh, after the film. Uh, coach the uh, British team for a bit, so yeah, and yeah. I think he coached the uh, German uh, wheelchair rugby team. So okay. I just thought I'd mention that. Okay, I think it's great, it's great actually that they documentary documentary about uh, um, Paralympics, especially because yeah. it, it's a bit of, it's a it's a shame actually that uh, every time there is Olympic Games, 
people think actually that they last only a couple of weeks and that's it. And uh, people, oh, no, seem they, they, they have... people seem to forget because they because TV don't just broadcast broadcast it, but uh, it keeps going on for two more weeks actually. Mm. Yeah, and they take it very very seriously. I mean, you watch these uh, Paralympians. You only get a glimpse of the other athletes. You just because the movie focuses on uh, wheelchair rugby. Yeah. Uh, but they take it like really seriously. I mean, they're really intense about this. And just focusing on the wheelchair rugby team and its matches, they don't they don't play around. I mean, they play, they play the sport, but they don't, you know, they're not messing around. They take it really seriously. I like you know, everything is on the line. It's extremely impressive. Uh, once when I was a teenager, I went to see Roland Garros in Paris because I'm a fan of tennis and I was playing tennis. So I got a free ticket anyway. So I, 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 the same day there was a, a, a game be between like I think it was a semi-final of the um, um, men table whatever and then before there was actually a, a tennis in wheelchair semi-final <laughs> and it was extremely impressive honestly I was so impressed but what oh, we're yeah. about able to do able to do actually in a wheelchair because playing I played tennis myself and I'm pretty sure actually that if I play against these guys I will not last two minutes Really? Because <laughs> guys, so fast, etc. It's the same rules, and there is no, they don't change the rules just for these guys. Right. It's the same rules, so they have actually to, to actually to, like, to provide twice or ten times more energy than actually uh, the, the guys from the from the uh, single single ATP or WTA. Uh, uh, no, it's very impressive. Very impressive. And at the same time, uh, this movie also shows that these people are human like anyone else. They have faults, they curse, they you know, have these lives and, you know, they make mistakes. They're not like infallible. So they're not like, oh, yeah, you're in a wheelchair. You know, oh, you're... no, I mean, they're just regular people. Just yeah. they just happen to be in wheelchairs. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I hope, yeah. hopefully you find it on some platform there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keep fingers crossed. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so you want to pass the mic, Andrew, or have you have something uh, pass else? Pass the mic. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, well, I guess because we mentioned special Netflix, uh, maybe I'll pick Cody. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Cody. Is he there? So uh, when when I started this last week, I had about thirty movies that were all sports wow. based, and over the last week. I've, I've whittled them down to three. Okay. All three are based on true events. They're all sports movies. The first one is called Soul Surfer. Um, I do not remember the bird's name, but she is like real. She got a fucking arm bitten off by a I think shark. It's like Bethany Hamilton, I think is her name. I'm not sure. I, I don't think, know. Yeah. She got yeah. her arm bitten off by a shark and then, and then went back to surfing. And and it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, a brilliant movie, but the story's amazing. Um, number two is it's called Escape to Victory. I think the Americans just called it Victory, but it's actually called Escape to Victory. Great. It's got uh, Stallone in it. I think it's got Kane in it. It's got like everyone that's not not dead yet. And. Uh, about a football game where the, the Germans challenged the Americans to a, a football game. And if they lose, they're dead. Literally, like, the true story. I don't know if they actually said that in the movie, but in the real aspect, they were, like, facing the firing squad. And, uh, yeah, they kicked ass. It's a classic. It's like, I don't know, black and white or something, but it's a really good movie. 
And the last one, I'm just going to refresh my brain because I'm just finished work. It is called 127 Days. And it's about uh, an extreme sports dick. I'm only going to refer him to as that because that's what I think he is. But he is extreme. And he got, you know, the movie where he got his arm trapped in a rock and he had to cut it off and bite, bite off himself. Say so what? It's 127 hours. Yeah, whatever it is. What did I say? Days? Yeah, I mean, it's dead. a sequel, maybe. Okay, let's bring that down from days, uh, weeks to days. So 127 hours or days or whatever. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it really, really like traumatic movie. Like, give me like shivers for about three days. And uh, the guy's real. He lost his arm and uh, survived. Yeah. And went back to being like a surfer and a horse rider and a and an extreme bikeist and oh god the the end clip of the movie is just him doing all this random stuff that you just wouldn't do if you weren't out your nut and uh, yeah all three really good all three based on reality and uh, all different sports that's my picks. How how do you find the uh, the most important scene? I would say. In 127 hours, what are your thoughts? Did you throw up? Because I the ending, to up the, I ending the ending, the not ending, not the, end, the ending of the real the, guy the, the with his one arm. Right? Yeah, in the whole movie, that was the best bit. Okay. Seeing the real guy and the like, the half a dozen clips at the end with his with his one arm doing all this extreme stuff alive, and 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 like he did like a like a monologue where he just basically says that he he doesn't have any fear anymore and he loves life and he he you know just. Very inspiring. Very inspiring. Do you still think he's a dick, though, Cody? I think anyone really annoying. I think anyone that's going to jump out of planes or jump off of stuff with elastic bands wrapped around their feet or jump up and down half half messed up pipes with any of that crap. I think you're all dumb. Like you can break stuff and hurt stuff and hurt yourself. Like anyone that would phys- mentally do that on purpose, knowing that they could injure themselves, is is stupid. But I like the movie. It's interesting, Cody, because okay, maybe it's a controversial comment that I'm gonna make, but when I watched a movie called Everest a few years ago, yeah, uh, a lot of big names in it. Josh uh, Brolin. Mm. Yeah, uh, good movie. Emily Watson, I believe. Anyway, so, but yeah, good movie. But yeah, but I have the same feeling at the end because I didn't feel sorry for the people who died. It's awful. I know it's controversial. But I didn't <laughs> no, you don't. They, 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 no one like put a gun to their head, head and forced them up a goddamn mountain, right? I, Nobody I, I, told I, them to go up the mountain. So screw exactly, them. Dumb. Exactly. Exactly. They paid, they paid $50,000 to be on the mountain when they knew they would actually risk their lives. And every single hour of when they were actually climbing, they made a mistake and they genuinely knew. I mean, they knew actually that it was a mistake. They knew actually that they were risking their lives. They knew actually that, for example, they had to, uh, they had like a, a time limit actually. But at what point, if they didn't reach the top, they have to go back because it will be like a suicide actually to stay on the top at that point. But they don't give a shit. They keep going, they keep going, they keep going. So obviously something sh- the shitty will happen. So how can you feel sorry for people actually who put themselves in uh, in such a situation, you know? But anyway, but I said it's controversial because obviously 10 people died in this story, but anyway. Sorry, go, go ahead, Cody. Yeah. Uh, however many died, that many less idiots on the planet 
That's all I can say. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I suppose I'm biased. I have a, I only have one fear. I, 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 as far as I know, I don't have the, the part of the brain that deals with fear, but it's like a physical reaction. I don't know shit. My body just collapses. I'm really scared of heights. Always have been. So here, I think that Cody. gives you a biased opinion. Like I don't do roller coasters. I, I wouldn't even get on a teacup. No sports movie about you then, Cody. God, no. no. Yeah, if there's, a, if there's a sport about some genius sitting in an office surrounded by military, that would be, that would be me. That's amazing documentary. <laughs> right, Cody. Uh, good recommendations, good real-life stories. Uh, James Franco is in, uh, obviously, having 27 hours, and I think, yeah, it was uh, definitely... Yeah, but the, the scenes at the end of the real, uh, the real guy behind it, so, so life-affirming that they just get back on the horse and just go straight for it. I mean, they don't know anything like huge traumatic effect like what happened to them. Um, I them. All right. Who, uh, so, Cody, who would you like to uh, pass the mic uh, to? Let's have a girl. How about uh, Anita? Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, so I posted a few comments on um, the Meetup website. Um yeah, I rewatched three. Um, one of them, I think you discussed at a meeting that I couldn't make, um, which was, and I watched it again last night. Um, Bjorg versus McEnroe, or yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. wonderful movie, right? I saw it at the uh, cinema. It must have been, I suppose, about four years, uh, three years yeah. ago, yeah, and yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, loved it. Really good casting, actually. It was quite uncanny yeah. with Bjorg. Um, yeah, and I, I was actually about eight years old when that match happened. And I remember um, at eight years old, I was not that interested. I just wanted my mum and my brother to switch the channel to ITV so I could watch um, Ian Ogilvy in The Saint. And so that's what I remember <laughs> about that match, being really frustrated. So it was nice to go back and actually really feel involved with it because I wasn't at eight years old. Um, brilliant film, loved it. And then I got into tennis later. Um, probably more Boris Becker and Stefan Edberg and all of those. Um, absolutely brilliant. Loved it. I would probably give it nine and a half out of ten. I agree. Um, yeah, because yeah, I think it was it was you, Richard, wasn't it, that mentioned yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it as well. Yeah. And Shia, Shia LeBeouf, who a very strange career, let's say, he's amazing in this movie as John McEnroe. So, yeah. And I mentioned Battle of the Sexes, another tennis one. Again, we would all have been fairly young at that point, um, 1973. Um, I had no idea um, that, obviously I knew who Billie Jean King was, but I had no idea um, about that match and about, you know, they, I mean, he, I mean, he is a bit of a, a twat. I mean, he is being a chauvinist pig, but he's really playing up to it, whatever, in the film anyway. And um, I think they both really put themselves on the line. Quite yeah. a brave thing to do, and um, yeah, um, and it was great to see. I think there were some men that were a lot more chauvinist in it uh, than him, and it was great to just see the outcome, which I've now given away, which I said I wouldn't in my meetup comments anyway. Um, again, again, brilliant film. I think I'd give that nine. And um, again, another thing that I didn't know that much about um, Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. Um, yeah, I, I actually didn't know the outcome of that. I remember seeing it on the news and I thought Tonya Harding actually always was in on it. Um, and when I saw this film, I thought, oh my God, I feel really 
sorry for you. I really okay. You're talking about Tonya, right? Yeah, Tonya, sorry. Yeah. Um, and I thought um, at one point, I mean, the amount of, um, I mean, it's been described as sort of like social comedy or satirical comedy or something. I thought it was a, most of it was actually a social satire. It was about domestic violence, about um, yeah. dysfunctional families, about single parents, about, you know, um, I tell you, it was incredible, um, particularly the first half. It really focused on that. Um, I, I have to say, um, I d if, however much of that is true, um, particularly things like her mother flinging a knife at her and <laughs> having it land in her arm. Um, if all these things are true, I actually felt really sorry for her. And I actually loved a comment she made, which we're not supposed to love, when she says, oh, well, Nancy got hit once and the whole world goes mad. I get hit all the time, all the time, by my husband, by my mother. <laughs> and it she just sort of made me laugh. And I thought, yeah, actually, good for you. Tell it how it is. You know. <laughs> anyway, I thoroughly, her, however biased or true yeah. or I thought it was a brilliant film and I really it's loved it. And I'd give it 8.5, I think. And the mother, the mother, Alison Jenny, got an Oscar for this movie. Sorry? Uh, the, the mother, uh, Margot Robbie. Oh, did she? Okay. Got an Oscar for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, she did. Because um, I joined late, I don't know um, who else um, has wants to speak. Um, so um, okay, well, uh, we could have James. James hasn't spoken yet. Well, thanks for the recommendations. I told you it's a great yeah, it, I've seen that. It's almost like a domestic comedy. Yeah. Is that I, Tonya? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's almost, I mean, it's like a crime thriller, isn't it? I think I saw it on a screen unseen. I didn't know too much about it. I think I knew that um, Margot Robbie was doing that film, but I, I, my sports knowledge is not great, so I didn't even really realise it was a true story until the end with uh, the real-life footage. Um, but I watched it again in lockdown last year and I, I'd mentioned it somewhere and someone had said that they like really hated the film. Really? I think that's I think that's the thing that your expectations of maybe what that film's going to be. Um, if you don't know the real story, you might think it's quite a light story. And the stuff with the mother was the thing I was thinking about, actually, because watching it in the cinema, she's got a razor tongue. What she's saying is very funny. But it's also like she's got this young daughter and she's kind of abusing her, really. You know, and yeah. I think the moment when she throws that knife is the moment when you need that to be in there, because otherwise you, you are just laughing. You're sort of laughing with the mother. And at that moment, you kind of go, right, this is not a healthy relationship. So you completely... Um, I think you feel a lot of sympathy for it. It's a great performance. But as it spirals out of control and the complete... Um, just ridiculousness of the henchmen, if we want to call them that in that film, uh, is very funny. And that you know, I mean, it, it's weird to say that it's very funny because it's a true life life crime, isn't it? But um, that they're just they're just morons, basically. Um, I, I haven't seen it for about a year, but if it's on iPlayer, I'd definitely like to watch that again because I've seen it a couple of times. I really like it. Um, I've watched, actually, I will say I haven't watched First Match, Mark, but I probably will seek that out because it sounds quite interesting. You made me think about Fighting With My Family, which come out about Yeah. Uh, now, yes, I'm, yeah, James, I, yes. I'm aware that now I've met, I've bigged up two Dwayne Johnson chats in as many, uh, two Dwayne Johnson films in as many film chats. So if I do it a third time in a row, 
I'm probably kicked out of this group by default. Um, but it <laughs> is fine. It's fine. To, to the, to the is it fine? Is, keep on going. Don't worry. Yeah. But it is it is a really good film. And, and to without giving it... I mean, he's not really the main character in that film. He's exactly. got a uh, cameo role as himself, yeah. which is quite pivotal. But it's about a wrestler called Paige. Um, it's very funny. Stephen Merchant, I think, wrote the script. He must have written the script and directs it. Um, it's a really... I think it's a really well-structured film. He's a really good storyteller. But the thing that struck me actually most about it is it's not just about Paige uh, trying to make it in WWE. It's about her brother failing to yes. make it. Yes, yes. And I the fact that you've got that dual thing going on is really... Um, I was thinking, I mean, I think that's come out in some of Stephen Merchant's other works, maybe some of his sitcom work, but it really sort of pulls you in. The, the scene I always think about is there's a, a confrontation between... Paige and her brother confrontation in the evening um and it's quite a sort of affecting affecting scene so that that's really good and it's worth watching um it's very funny I've watched um there was a few things I wanted to watch this week I really wanted to watch Southpaw actually Richard again because I think that's a really good film um Jake Gillenthorpe I think I put in the chat that I saw him in that Nightcrawler in the same week and couldn't get over the fact that I was watching the same actor because he he's beefed up for Southpaw. Um, he's really sort of weedy and, and creepy in Nightcrawler. Yeah. Like physically, he looks like a completely different guy. Um, but that is a, a, a really good film. I think Eminem was in the mm. running. To, they tried to get him to be in that film and he, he yeah. turned it down. He was supposed he to do it. And he did. Yeah. He, he created the soundtrack, didn't he? And I think yeah. he's he was got a really good be, uh, the main role. But uh, yeah, think, yeah. He, actually, apparently, but, well, sort of official, but apparently, they tried to do some scenes with him on set. But he was he, It was the same moment actually that he went he went to rehab because of his drugs right. addiction. Really? And during the actually during the promotion of the movie, in interviews with Jackie Lennon and Eminem, you can see that actually that he cannot hide the fact that he has. His face actually changes when he talks because of the drug addiction. It's yeah. awful. Like they couldn't have him yeah. in the movie. Anyway, sorry. But he, he did. Um, no, that's fine. He um he created he curated the uh, the hip hop soundtrack that goes with it, which has got like a really good list of um, a list sort of hip hop stars in it. But it's also the, I think it's the last film that James Horner scored as well. Um, oh. Interesting. Oh, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think yeah, oh, I think I did that. Um, but I, I grew up, uh, you, you alluded to it, Richard, not really interested in the Rocky films, but I think that's because the first one I ever watched was Rocky Five, so I just wasn't interested. <laughs> um, and then and then obviously Rocky Balboa came out, and I was like, well, this is ridiculous because he's too old. <laughs> you, to be you, if you start Rocky Five, I understand whatever, but you think yeah. that I should move it. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and it was a period as well where Stallone was not at his best. I think he was doing that, that come out and then stop or my mum will shoot, and I just wasn't interested. Then he had a bit of a renaissance oh, where okay. it sort of, Coming back with Cliffhanger and um, and Demolition Man and stuff. Good, but yeah. when I watched Creed, I was really blown away with it. I thought it was amazing. Um, yeah. And then mm-hmm. I went back and watched the first four Rocky films. They're quite good. And then um, Creed 2 as well, I thought was... Creed 2 is even better. Yeah, yeah and, and I will say Creed 2 just reduced me to tears, the final, yeah. or like the penultimate scene in that. I thought it was really, really good. And I think they're doing, they're doing a third one, but without Stallone, aren't they? So I look forward to seeing that. Um, one of the, the only film I got around to re-watching this week um, was a documentary uh, called Steve McQueen, The Man in Le Mans. Now, I went to Le Mans in 2000 and 
before with my dad for um, my brother for his birthday for my dad's birthday and we um we got a dvd of of the film le mans from 1971 that i'd never ever heard of this is the original 1971 um film um and it's not i think now it's thought of better than when it come out but the documentary we were talking about like apocalypse now the other week and the fact that was a nightmare to make um Le Mans was basically at the peak of Steve Steve McQueen's career. And the studio said, what film do you want to do? And he said, I want to make a film where I'm a racing driver doing Le Mans. And they sent him there. And apparently the rumour is that um, a million feet worth of film was shot. Um, it went on, it went like 1.5 million over budget. They filmed for three months longer than they were intended to. And it got to a point, the director walked off the film. Steve McQueen almost walked off the film. And they were just shooting very good footage of the race. And after the race, they were sort of staging this footage, but they just didn't have a script. They didn't have a story. And I think they thought, oh, the script will come to us eventually. It will just magically appear and we'll have a story. Um, And they had to do that. But Steve McQueen was having problems in his, his personal life at the time. His marriage was falling apart. But it's probably an example of... Um, a documentary about the film that's better than the film. I think over the years, the film has got a bit of a cult following, mainly amongst uh, racing fans. So there was a film uh, called Grand Prix come out just before it with James Garner, which had a very good story or a better story to it. Um, But I think all the the racing footage was sort of green screened and stuff, and it didn't look very convincing. This looks quite quite authentic. Um, But yeah, if you can find that... Um, it's okay. definitely worth the question, worth. James. But is the story about Le Mans? I never heard of that movie. To be honest, is the story uh, kind of kind of the same story uh, as the movie with uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale? You know, uh, no. So that, that's 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 a true story called. So that film is Le Mans '66 over here. I think in America it's titled yeah, 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 yeah. Ford versus yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, that's yeah. a good film. That's a really that, good film. That good. is a good film, yeah. yeah. Really good. But that 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 is specifically about the 66 race. So the film with McQueen okay. is a fictionalized version. It okay. was filmed at the 1970 Le Mans and afterwards. Uh, but it's a fictional race about um Steve McQueen. Interestingly, in the documentary, they said he actually wanted, presumably just as a petrol head, wanted to um drive the legitimately the 24-hour race, and the insurance company were just like, no. We're not going to yeah. have like a massive Hollywood star driving this race because if he dies, that's you know, we haven't got a film. Um, sadly, he, I mean, he died in 1980, I didn't realize, um, uh, of lung cancer. And they they sort of said that they found asbestos poisoning, which obviously that used to be in like racing, racing suits and stuff. Um, really, that's what that's um, what my step my stepdad's just he's he, he, he's just that finished like his chemo and shit but uh he, he just got that he the asbestos poisoning he's he was a welder and stuff like ripping out roofs and stuff yeah he, he got he got the same poisoning he's just got over the cancer he just went through all the all the crap to get rid of the cancer and now he's now he's he's got uh alzheimer's lost all his shit like literally gone oh really sad really oh, sad yeah really sad yeah, yeah, yeah that stuff comes back in like 20 30 40 years later doesn't it that's dangerous stuff crazy yeah it's crazy mm.
but um it, but it's definitely worth if you can can find that documentary so i actually mm-hmm. i was trying to find it on dvd years ago and then because i couldn't i i actually it's in by my amazon library so i sort of rewatched it but yeah it's it's really interesting um but that's pretty much it. I noticed when we were kings, uh, the Muhammad Ali documentary is on iPlayer. If people haven't seen that, uh, Beyond the Mat, the uh, WWE documentary is on Netflix. Uh, 127 hours we alluded to, but I just fa- I didn't know if the cat, the guy in real life is really annoying or, or the performance was really annoying. But I just found it very difficult to. Um, in in his own interviews, in his own. It's a problem if he's the only actor on the screen for the, the majority. In his own interviews, he said he was childish and just like like didn't have any discipline whatsoever, and and he wouldn't have employed him to do him any job. So that was his like reply about him was his own self, and now he's like dedicated and a dad and everything, right? Yeah, but I mean, it is a Danny Boyle movie, and I. I you know, I should go back and re- revisit it because I'm sure I- I'd see something in it. Richard, actually, last thing before I-, I stop. Did you say at some point there's a phrase about only a moron changes his mind? Yeah, it's like a, it's a, it, I, don't know, I don't know if it exists in English, but yeah, in French, okay. is, uh, uh, and in, yeah, literally, literally, <laughs> yeah, uh, only morons never change their mind. Yeah. Oh, only morons never change their mind. Yeah, it, it, if oh, you cool. change your mind about the subject in your life, yeah. it proves that, yeah. you, that you, ha- you are self-conscious and that you, that you are a, a smart guy. Yeah. But that's yeah. how we... Yeah, we need, we need to get that message out more like on Twitter and stuff. Um, <laughs> changing your mind is right. But, yeah, and the exactly, same, yeah. the same it, It's really good to like watch a film and see, sort of see it because there's, there's certain films over the years that I kind of said I hate and then I find nobody else hates them. Um, and 127 hours, maybe I was in the wrong frame of mind when I watched it. Um, so I would like to re- revisit again, because it's quite a bold thing to do to make a film about. It almost sounds like an event that you couldn't make a film about. Mm-hmm. So to have done that is quite quite cool. I, so I, might try I, I think with that. the movie, it's really important to pay a, be a wide awake and pay a lot of attention to the last like two minutes of the movie. Because the whole movie is basically, you're like, you dick. Oh, my God, you dick. You know, the whole way, that's probably why you don't remember it. Because you're just like, this guy's a dumb. <laughs> but then when you when you watch the inspirational bit at the end and you see the guy and what he dedicated his body and his mind to, that I, I swear to God, that tiny little clip at the end makes the whole movie. You're like, you go back and you think about the parts of the movie that you've seen and that are gruesome and, and terrifying. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. This is a real guy. Like when you see him with the one arm... It, it comes back as reality, not just a movie. And that little bit at the end, really. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, thanks, James. That is, um, I've seen quite a lot. Yeah. Um, right. So who hasn't spoken yet? We've got Alfonso and Elizabeth. It's Elizabeth. Uh, you got any, did you watch any uh, sporting movies this week? Um, or have I, any favourites? Uh, well, I have favourites. I didn't watch anything, I'm afraid. Sure, sure. Um, I I love Rush. I wrote this uh, in the oh. um, column. I didn't think I was going to like it when I went. I thought, oh God, racing cars. It's not a thing that I thought I was interested in. But it was played so beautifully by Chris Hemsworth and um, the German guy. What's his name? Ba- Daniel Bruhl. Thank you. Yes, yes. They were both so good. And I, I was fascinated. I've seen it twice. I think yeah, seen it on TV as well. Um, and also Senna, as who said Senna? Somebody said Senna. 
I did, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mentioned it, didn't I? Yeah, it's brilliant. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. There again, I thought, mm, am I? But because I'd like Rush, I, 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 I mean, it could have been a very bad film, and I'm sure the film with Steve McQueen is, I probably wouldn't like it. I don't know. Sounds a bit boring. Sorry. <laughs> and um, the the actual film itself is is not a good film, but the documentary is, I think, is quite worth saying. But right. I think I, th I didn't mention actually because you you spoke at length about Senna Richard, but like I'm not particularly interested in motor racing, but that to me is a great documentary that can take yeah. a subject you're not interested in and make you interested in it. And yes. I, it, it's brilliant. They did the Amy documentary as well, which I think is a really amazing documentary. Yeah. Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yes. I think I think that that film is interesting as a, a comment on like media and celebrity. You don't have yes. to be a, a fan of hers or, or or anything to watch that documentary. The same, yes. the same director did Senna, M.A. Winehouse, but he also did That's recently right. Marad Maradona. Yes, okay. a documentary about Maradona. What's his name again? I, I keep think it. Capadia, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Capadia. I'm not sure about his first name, but the Capadia is last name, yeah, for sure. Thank you. And that's Anything it. Anything really? else? No. Yeah. Jason, you, if you hear Jason, you mentioned uh, what, what Maradona the there. Uh, that was pretty good. Um, I've seen that documentary actually. Uh, it is. Uh, a really good just showing actually that the the beginnings of where he came from it's such a you know poor beginnings and then he has this almost like rock star lifestyle of i mean mm. he becomes it's more than a superstar or film star he becomes you know a national hero for argentina mm. yeah well yeah and then um it is uh then he gets mixed up yeah with the whole drugs and the women yes. and everything like that but it is that is just a fascinating story in itself whatever field you're working in but uh the pressure on him, but he was so young and he came from, uh, he's got quite a big family who's supporting them and all that. It is a fascinating story. So that director really does know certainly these people behind the achievements, you know, the pressures yeah, and exactly. how when the fame comes, it totally, that's something they're not even used to handling. But my, Maradona's one, it was stellar. It was absolutely, you know, international stellar uh, focus oh, yes. on him um, and the people that he was mixed with. It's you know it's fast. It's worth definitely worth a look. Right, um, I think Alfonso, if he's there, I don't know if uh, Alfonso, if you've seen it. Hi. Hello. Hello. Alfonso. Uh, any uh, sporting uh, movies that you might have seen or recommended? You know, classic ones that you think you should mention. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I like sports movies either when they are dumb comedies or <laughs> like yes, he said. It's a good bowling movie that can be considered sport from the Farrelly brothers. Which one? King Ping is the second movie from the Farrelly brothers. <clears throat> it has Bill Murray. It has, um, what's the name of the guy? It's Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, sorry. Yeah. And Randy Quaid, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's a good Farrelly movie. It's very, has a lot of laughs. If you haven't seen it <clears throat> as, as a comedy, just as a comedy. Um, so if you like Farrelly's brother's humor, uh -huh. Kingpin, about oh, bowling. Kingpin, yeah, I think Mark just mentioned that. Yeah, King, that is, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's got Bill Murray in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
that that's uh that's a very funny comedy and a good sporting background to it. Um, yeah, and, gonna, yeah. yeah, and <clears throat> I don't know either that or they show more of a of the characters' life than just the competition. Like what you what you were saying with Itonia about all of the sexes, maybe Cinderella Man or. Um, oh, yeah. The Legend of Bagger Bands, which is ah. not very liked by some people, but I liked it. As Matt Damon and Will Smith and Charlie yep. Theron. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. And <clears throat> I don't know. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, that, that, um, I was thinking, what, else, what other movies I put that are not very well known? Oh, um, what about Dodgeball? Have you seen that one? I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned Dodgeball. <laughs> I, I yeah, could just about put that in one in there. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of movies are, are fun. Yeah, that's quite fun. <laughs> that's um, it, Captain Sports? I, yeah. It's a real game, I think. <laughs> uh, seriously? I've been playing games in schools. I, I don't know if it's an yeah, Olympic event. It's a real sport, but it's not like it is in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> for sure. Exaggerated. Like, so. uh, Harry Potter movies because they have Quidditch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, well, maybe, yeah. Might not make the uh, Tokyo Olympics, but... Uh, <laughs> Some people were saying uh, if uh, chess was a sport. <laughs> the Queen's uh, Gambit. Queen's Gambit. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> wow, we're just saying puns now. Um, what's that? Will uh, Marx mentioned uh, Will Ferrell one, the racing. Oh, that's uh, yeah, Talladega Nights. Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah, um, from the title, you know that they are serious about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he did the ice skating one as well. Uh, what was yeah, that? Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. Okay. Yeah, it was uh, Will Ferrell and John Heder. Yeah. Yeah. Who has a twin brother? They are actually. Um, I suppose we could then go back to, as we go around the room, to uh, those classic ones that uh, I Mark's mentioned, definitely. Let's talk about the Rocky series. That's kind of like one of the early ones, but that did actually win three Oscars back in the day. Now, um, mm, James. The first one. Yeah, the first one. First James, one. You, I mean, you must, I, I would say that was probably the, one of the best ones out of and became a series of you know the same story but uh uh it's a good nice kind of gritty a lot of gritty films coming out of the 70s in that time and then a sports one which uh kind of penned by him and acted by him he got him best picture that year um but then uh it did become it went for the 80s you've got rocky 2 and rocky 3 with mr t which is uh a highlight or low light, and then he, he solved uh, um, the cold the US war. <laughs> exactly <laughs> in the fourth one, yeah. The most yeah, amazing montage ever committed to film. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jason, um, what's the one with Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, oh, that's the that's fourth four, one, right? Right? yeah. Rocky, is that Rocky four? four? I don't, I yeah, that's number four. That. Right. I liked yeah. the fight at the end, and I think it was something like one of my favorite lines. I'm not big on the Rocky films, but one of my favorite lines is um, he threw Rocky across the ring like a rag doll, and I was like, Yeah, I or, like that. Or <laughs> line, um, 
he's not human. I think that was a bit of Dolph Lundgren acting there. Um, but I, apparently, I think he, there was a bit of a story. He, uh, when they were doing that fight, uh, Stallone said, oh, look, just, just go for it. Just really go for it. Now, Dolph Lundgren is huge Swede. I mean, really huge, powerful, built guy. And he said, are you sure? I mean, really? She said, yeah, just go for it. I'll be fine. He punched him. And then uh, <laughs> apparently I had to go to hospital afterwards. Really? <laughs> He cracked something. So, um, yeah, he felt terrible afterwards. But, uh, yeah, these are, you know, he really puts it to all. I mean, you know, he, he put a lot of credit to, to Stallone in, in writing, penning, directing that whole, uh, one of the big franchises of the 80s, quite honestly, that I remember. Yeah. So, um, um, but any any other big kind of like big ones? Oh, I want to mention another one, actually. Uh, has anyone seen Rollerball with James Carr? I, don't, I was thinking that because I saw it years ago. It's quite violent, isn't it? It's quite yeah. dystopian, and it's it must be seventies. It must yeah, be nineteen. I think seventy six. And I was thinking about that and thinking if I'd have had time, I would have rewatched that. Um, but yeah, can you just very quickly then say what you thought, Jason? Because I watched it so long ago, um, but it was quite freaky. It was. Yeah. It, it is kind of set in a in a semi. I wouldn't say future, but it's basically you can almost put it present day where it's become a, a very violent kind of like, I would say hot between hockey and uh, not rugby, but anyway, kind of like a national game where they're all padded up and they have to basically put one ball from one end to the other, but by any means necessary. And then, but it also looks at how when you've got the media involved and the money involved and how, you know, to get a superstar, you get to a point where, you know, it's greed and money way behind these big international games. But it is a violent, almost satire on the game of what you, is the blood first sport of what, you know, what an audience is willing to pay for. And so it, it's science fiction, it's 1975, 76. James Kahn, always choosy about his act. I mean, he's a good actor and he's choosy, I think, about what he does. So, um it, I, I liked it. It, was, it wasn't really just talking, it was talking about, I think a lot of these films of the 70s are about, you know, against the system, the corruption of the system, and don't trust the big system. And it's one of those in its spirit, in its heart. Um, I, I liked it, actually. It is, it is a more, a, a kind of like a social commentary, from, from what I see. I think they made a mm -hmm. remake of it. I, I haven't seen it, but um, I think it, the fact it disappeared. I think there is a remake. No, I think there, there has been there has been a remake with Jean Reno. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, like uh, 15 I, or 20 years ago. I couldn't bear to watch it. Quite honest. Yeah. Um, all right. But well, anyone else? Would you? Uh, Nietzsche, yeah. I, I I liked it. Nietzsche. I actually did. It's a nice, darker kind of like grit. Yeah, it's a, it's a dark look at sports basically. Um, what about some of the classics that we are missing? I just thought I might just give a mention like uh, how about League of the Own? Anyone seen that? No. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's okay. Oh. It's um yeah, I mean it's entertaining. I mean I, it's one of those things where I'd be more curious to see the real story and they do have exhibits on it at the baseball hall of fame in uh, New York State. But uh I mean it's you know entertaining for what it is and introduces people to the topic. So yeah, um, it's got a lot of big stars in that as well. Anyone yeah, else? Like, any, uh, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, sure. Any, any other big, big ones that maybe 
kind of like throughout the years. Not we... it's not a big film, but um last year after Chadwick Boseman died, sort of like seeking out stuff in his back catalogue, and there's a film called Forty Two, um <clears throat> about American baseball, and I think maybe yeah. it, it's retitled over here Forty Two, the true story of an American legend. Please watch this movie, even though you're in the UK sort of thing to try and get people on board. And I think maybe that's a problem with some of those, those films that they're about, if it's about sort of an American baseball player, they're kind of thinking, oh, internationally, is this going to sell, you know? But um, it, it's him and Harrison Ford, and it, it's a really, really good movie. Um, and I was, it was kind of depressing that I hadn't heard of it before, really. Um, felt like it was sort of like, a sort of Oscar bait film, if you know what I mean, but I, I it just completely passed me by. Maybe I had, maybe other people were aware of it, but I, I certainly yeah, was aware. Of it. Just that, uh, think that introduced people to Chadwick Boseman, and when it, it came, must, up, yeah, yeah, it must be it, one it, of his first films. I think it's like so, uh, uh, as a leading sort of star. With, I mean, I think he's built top equal top with with Harrison Ford, but it must be two thousand twelve ish, two thousand thirteen, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, it was that movie that got him the role of Black Panther, basically. Yeah, I think so. Marcos said Raging Bull, which, of course. Yeah, uh, I And I also like another boxing movie with Paul Newman. I think it's from 50-something. And I used to watch it as a child. I don't, I don't know the name in English. Which one again? It's a boxing movie with Paul Newman. He was really young. It must be one of his first films from the 50s. <clears throat> right. Remember the 50s? Titans? No, Remember the Titans? My, it's not a boxing film. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's, a it's a true movie about the football, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's about football. My, I, I, I used to work as a teacher in a very posh private uh, school in Madrid for a few months. And my mm -hmm. 12, 13 year old students, that was one of the movies that they watched whenever they didn't have anything else to do. And they absolutely loved uh, Remember the Titans. It wasn't the boxing movie that he did based on a real guy, the guy that spent like 40 years in prison and became like a chief, oh, uh, like a champion boxer. Eureka Carter. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name, but that he did the movie, didn't he? And that was also based on a real guy, boxer. Yes, yes, yes. amazing movie. Yeah, yeah. Heart wrenching. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, difficult to not to cry to this one. Yeah, true. Yeah. And um, I think Martin mentioned one. Uh, Color of Money. I think that's nineteen eighty. Yeah, brilliant movie. Paul Newman and uh, Tom Cruise. One of his early. Yeah, movies. it was actually. Well, to the hustler. Oh yeah, it's so a secret to the hustler. Yeah, that's the original. Like five years yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's just the world of uh, Paul playing in, and hustling, obviously. But uh, uh, good, good movie. And, and Tom has done quite a few films in the sporting field of his career. Uh, Days of Thunder. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, Talladega Nights almost. You know, um, Nicole Kidman. Um, yes. mm. um, I don't know. Not much to say about him. Um, but it's funny, actually, it's funny because to follow up on the, what James was saying earlier, as a French guy, let's say, there are some sports in the US that I don't know nothing about. And there are some movies that kind of introduce, introduced me to these sports 
not that I like the sports anyway, but these sports, but still I like the movies. Ah, okay, maybe not clear, but for example, Any Given Sunday by Oliver Stone, a movie about American football. I will not call it football, I'll call it American football. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with uh, with uh, Pacino. It's an, I, I loved it. I, I watched it, I think, three times. And, nice. I, and I still don't understand the rules, probably, of American football. I kind of don't like American football. But the movie itself, since it's more about kind of the behind the scenes, I really enjoyed it. And similar story for uh, Moneyball with Brad Pitt. I think but baseball is boring, but seeing all things behind the scenes again of how actually of can be applied to any sports, I find it was fascinating. But to actually to see actually how a, how a, a such small team actually can, and it's true story apparently, such a small team actually can uh, just change actually everything and with new ideas can rise actually, I find it was fascinating. Yeah, Al I think- Al Pacino in that, hasn't it? Uh, Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday? Yes, he is. He's uh, him and Cameron Diaz. Yeah, and the Jamie Foxx. Yeah, Jamie Foxx. Um, yeah, good movie. There is a, a French movie about guys doing swimming, right? Uh, Recently, I've yes. seen this movie, Alfonso. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it, but yes, yes, it's true. In Spain, we had a, a movie that won the, the Goya, which was very popular, called Campeones, like Champions in Spanish. But it's about a Spanish uh, sports team in basketball with people who are okay. uh, mentally handicapped. Okay. So they, but with real mental, men, me, mentally handicapped actors of different kinds. And it's a, it's a comedy and it's a sweet natured comedy. It's nice. Interesting. Champion. All right. Um, there is one, I will mention an Indian movie who are big cricket fans. Um, it's called 2001 called Lagan, which I think is, I'm not sure if it's true or not. It might be a true story. It was about a, a cricket match held between an Indian village and days of the British Raj, I think, between them. I think they were held forfeit for, they couldn't pay their taxes, so they decided whoever won the game of a game of cricket, um, they would pay or not pay their taxes or double it. So that means 2001. So that, I think that was a big, big hit in, in Bollywood, actually. So, uh, but more of a, it's quite a sober story. So I mentioned that one. Right. Um, anyone else? Anyone else? Kind of, anyone um, seen sorry, I was, um, sorry, um, Jason, I was a bit like joining and I just wondered if anyone had any good sort of, um, football films to recommend i mean there must have been ones about pele and maradona and i don't know if you've discussed those yeah, there's one about maradona isn't there yeah there's the one that mentioned yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the, the dan the united which has michael scene as i don't okay. know if they're... yes uh i haven't watched it but i like michael scene as an actor i think he's great very interesting as an yeah. actor. i haven't That's watched that either but yeah. i want to In... Write it down. There was a documentary about Paul Gascoigne. I think it's also the, the screenwriter is the one from The Queen. There are many good documentaries. On oh, sport. yes. I know. You, you were saying, you were uh, asking, you were 
<clears throat> talking about the one with people in wheelchairs, maybe? Yes. Before? Yeah, Andrew. Andrew yeah, Andrew. I have seen that one. Yeah. Um, There's a recently one about trans athletes. Okay. I don't remember. I haven't watched it, but it must be interesting because it's one thing that is now in the news about whether trans yeah. athletes should or should not yeah. play in their in the in the gender that they are have transitioned presently in. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point actually, Anita. But I don't think there are many actually movies uh, about soccer, uh, soccer, football. Sorry. <laughs> There's a new Just... one that actually Taika Waititi is doing with Michael Fassbender and Elizabeth Moss, which is Next Goal Wins, and it's gonna come out soon. But Taika Waititi is the one that made yeah, and for the Wilder yeah. People and. With what we do in the shadows or or three. Um, did Cody did you mention right at the beginning, Anita, with Pele, I think even Jess Hurst is in there, along with Stallone and Michael Kane, uh, Escape to Victory. You must have seen that. I haven't, no. Oh, you know, because when you said that, I thought there's that perfect movie, but she must have seen it. So Cody mentioned it. Yeah, Escape to Victory. You've got all the, you've actually got Pele in there, Jeff Hurst. Uh, footballers and actors. I did see a bit of a behind the scenes documentary on it was like Michael Caine talking. Well, here we've got these actors, here we've got these footballers, and we can meet in the middle, teach us about a bit about football. We'll give you some news about acting and um, behind the scenes. It's quite a, I don't think you've ever had a game or, or film where you've got these big international superstars of the day actually in a movie. But uh, it is set during World War II and it is kind of like under the backdrop of a football game between. Uh, England and the Germans, or Americans, English and Germans. But uh, yeah, you know, oh, I think you'd like it. You'd like it. It's a classic one. You also have Bandit Like Beckham, which was Thank you. Somebody else say it or what? No, no, no. We, we, we absolutely missed that one. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the goal on that one. We never. Alfonso, what did you think of it then? What did you. Uh, uh, it was also a sweet movie. I watched it like a uh, hundred years ago. <laughs> it's Gurinder Chandra, the director, yeah. I think. That's right. Yes, that's right. Tara Knightley. It was her oh, first yeah. film, wasn't it? Yeah. Unless yeah, she dialed yeah. that, so I don't know. So, sorry, are you talking about Bend It Like Beckham? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yeah. 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 I, I didn't mind that actually. It was, it was sweet, wasn't entertaining. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Has anyone seen Fever Pitch? I haven't, oh, but I'd like to. I'd forgotten about that um, years ago. That's Colin Firth, isn't yeah, it? Colin Firth, um, yeah. Mark Strong as well. Oh, is that Mark Strong in it? Oh, yeah. Faces mate. It's more like because it's a Nick Hornby book. It's based on. Yes. Um, it's definitely more of a, a rom com um, <laughs> with football in the in the background. Oh, I think um, I'd like that. <laughs> It, it's really good. So actually. I'll be watching the match later. Is everybody else watching it? Yes, yes, we will. Yes. Yeah, and I support Ukraine. Ooh. You also have so that Shaolin soccer. <laughs> Alfonso was it? No, that, that was, was Richard. Richard. I'll oh, give Richard. you his address later. Ah. Oh. Uh, you were saying that we also have Shaolin Shaolin soccer. Shaolin. Oh Shaolin yeah, soccer. Shaolin soccer. Yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not sure sport necessarily lends itself well to rom-coms. And there was one that I absolutely hated and someone did bring it up on the website. And I think it might have been Hugo who isn't here. Um, but Wimbledon, 2004. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's that's um, but it was awful. Yeah, it was I so <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> My God. And both actors are actually decent ones. I think it was Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst. So I don't know what the hell happened in this movie. Yeah, who directed um, that? Woody Allen. What's the Woody, Woody, Woody Allen, Allen one? Oh. It's a different one, isn't it, Scott? Yeah. Oh, match point. Match, match point. point. Match about. That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that? that's not about sports. But... Yeah, that's not about sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a sports metaphor. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was about uh, tennis, but it's a long time. They, they, they played tennis like once in the movie, but that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the title suggests yeah, yeah, tennis. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit like, though, we were talking last week about computer game movies and regardless oh, yeah. of how how you adapt them they're sort of just to say computer game movies it encompasses a lot of different types of film and you know if you have sports yeah. films they can be really the rom-coms or coming of age movies or because yeah. i was thinking actually talking about southpaw and an m&m there's something in those films there's been quite a few films the sort of battle rap film like um eight mile there was one with 50 cent called yeah. get rich or die trying and there was one called patty cakes which came out a few years ago um, and they've definitely, it feels like they've almost just replaced sport in those films with rapid. And it's kind of how does this person come from the gutter and make their name through sport or music? Yeah, it's, it's the same it, sort it, of it, underdog. Yeah, it is Rocky all over again. Rocky, it is Rocky, isn't it? And they're kind of taking that thing, but it works really well. Yeah. 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 It's like, for example, The Way Back is about overcoming addiction, more or less, or the consequences of being an addict to alcohol. With Ben Affleck, he coaches a, uh, a basketball team. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I wasn't here. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. And uh, yeah, um, I was thinking about another one that it's about. Um, yeah, there, there are so many movies about uh, teams that are down on their luck, and then yes. uh, one of these coaches comes and see the special thing that they have with. Yes. They are teenage girls, or a black uh, black sportsman who haven't uh, given had given it, them a chance. Coach, Coach Carter. Like... Coach Carter. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and white men come. There were two. There were actually two sports movies that were shot at my Louisiana University when I was there. One is about swimming, about black swimmers. I don't even remember the name. It's with this comedian who played Bobsley in the Charlie's Angels, and uh, which is not even known, I think, anymore. And uh, then there was another one with Josh Lucas, who coached coached a basketball team, which I think it was also with black people in the sense. I don't remember, but both were filmed in at my university. I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think Bernie yeah, Mac was Mark, the one. Mark was mentioning Cool Runnings. Oh, the, the Jamaican bobsleigh team. <laughs> yeah. That's a good movie. It's Mark's a good movie. Good and a good true movie. one. And a true one. Yeah. Thank 
making was yeah. massive as well in the 90s. It's one of those films, there's quite a few comedy films in the 90s that were just huge that people yeah. kind of forget about. Now. Um, about but that was Ed- massive at the time. It's Eddie the Eagle one uh, with Hugh Jackman and... Yeah. and uh, it's really good. Uh, yes. He just called Eddie the Eagle, maybe, I think. I think it's yeah, Eagle, Eddie. Eagle, yeah. Yeah. Eagle, yeah. Eagle, yeah. Eagle, yeah. Yeah, but uh, true, true story. Yeah. Which, uh, oh, I met very him. You met, I him, met him as a kid. I met him when I was a kid. I don't obviously oh. like remember it, but I've got a picture of him as like a, of a like a five year old, and on oh. like my grand, my dad's holding me like that. My granddad's holding me like that, and he's at like some sort of, I don't know, just an event. I can't remember what the event was right now, but yeah, I met him as a kid. I met him. It's quite one of those underdog characters who just kept, kept yes, certainly from the film. But he was, uh, he wasn't very good, was he? No, but he won the hearts, he just he just went for it, <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, for the it long jump. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, oh, there's quite a list there, everyone. Uh, oh, yes. Mighty, wow, <laughs> go, right, go watch some football, Enjoy or whatever. all right, yeah. bye. Thanks, We hope you enjoyed this film and TV review.com episode. Catch the latest film and TV reviews, together with regular episode content from the world of film and TV every week. See you soon. Would you like to reach our film and TV review podcast audience? Do you have a product or service of interest to film and TV home consumers or followers of the entertainment industry? Have a film or show production to publicize? For affordable price plans for all budgets, get in touch and find out about our introductory advertising options. Reach our audience of film and TV viewers and visit our site contact page at filmandtvreview.com, or you can email us at business at filmandtvreview.com. Reach out today.